Welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. We are here this week to preview the Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, I am Tom and I am joined as always by Chris. Hello. And Stu. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to a potentially monsooned out Japanese Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, we've been optimistic mm. saying there will be one. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, There might not be a ton of running this weekend. Yeah, It'll be rubbish if there isn't because I've got to get up at like my shift starts at like two in the morning on, yes. on Saturday. So so it's going to be absolutely savage if there isn't any room. <laughs> yeah. Um, before that, we've got a little bit of news. So we'll we'll start with other content and then eventually get to what we think might happen at the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, but if there is any running in FP1, uh, Naoki Yamamoto is set to have an F1 debut in an F1 car. Um, so this is the uh, two-time Super Formula champion and uh, the current Super GT champion because he was Jensen Button's teammate, uh, if you've ever heard of that guy, <laughs> and they won that last season. Um, Jensen's um, always had high praise for him from what I've seen. Yeah. So it'd be good to see him like get a run out, I guess, in FP1. He'll be in the Toro Rosso because of his ties to Honda. Um, and they've like kind of put him in, I guess it's to like get a home driver in a home engined car at the home Grand Prix, isn't it really? More Pretty than much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Honda marketing activity, isn't it? Yeah, which is yeah. cool. I mean, it's not very often you see a 31-year-old having their F1 debut, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of hope for the rest of us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he can do Ross. it, so <laughs> <laughs> Ross? Ross? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, as you say, to see where he sits in the in the standings, though, like I know, obviously, FP one's um, not traditionally a, an all out session, but it would still be interesting to see where he finds himself in the in the standings. Oh, imagine if he goes faster than Gasly. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, I'm gonna hazard a guess and say he's gonna be. He's not gonna be last, but he will be 18th. I think. <laughs> okay. Last yeah, of I mean, the fast cars. You wouldn't expect him to be doing anything crazy. He's doing like a bit of simulator work, but otherwise he's basically never done any F1 before. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we know which of the two seats he's actually getting? You say, will he be faster than Gasly? But I actually think it is Gasly's seat that he's taking. Oh, right. So, mm. <laughs> which he's probably exactly. secretly pleased about. <laughs> so he'll <laughs> definitely be faster than him in FP1. That That is yeah. true. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it'd be interesting to see something to look out for in FP1, even if it is an early start, I guess. Yeah, let's hope we actually get an FP1 for his sake. Well, yeah, for his sake, yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, um, there is actually another new entry being talked about for 2021. Um, so this comes from um, the current owners of Campos, who are a fairly well-established F2 team. Not necessarily a front-running F2 team, but they're not exactly a bad F2 team. But they've allegedly had a number of meetings with F1 bosses already, uh, got backing from the Spanish Motorsport Federation. Um, So it'd be interesting to see if a Campos F1 team 
comes to fruition from this or if it would be under another guise or where this would go like would you guys be happy to see Campos making that step up if they managed it yeah I mean of all the F2 teams to make the step up they wouldn't maybe be number one on your list um, and I doubt True. they'd be called Campos if they did anyway they'd definitely end up yeah. being called something else for financial reasons they want an interesting team name something else <laughs> for financial reasons F1 <laughs> <laughs> your name here Remember when um, HRT ran around with your advert here on the side yes. of the car? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That, that wasn't was a good shocking, look, was it? it? No, not no. the best look. Um, it worries. Isn't it a similar group of people who had HRT who were running this Campos idea of them getting into Formula 1 again? Because wasn't HRT going to be called Campos Meter Team when it came about and then it changed to HRT? Changed to oh, that's Racing a good team. question, actually. I don't I, know they if it's were, the same yes. set of people or not. Um, oh, it was founded by... So what was Campos Mies that became HRT was founded by Adrian Campos. Um, but I don't know if he's directly involved at all, how much he's involved in the Campos team anymore, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know for definite. I think, well, he's, I think... Still, he's still involved in like... So ah no that there, there we go. Uh he Campus Racing is run by Adrian Campos. Not anymore. He stepped down and sold his stake yeah. in it. Um he's still really? involved in the F three team apparently. Oh right, um, okay. But yes, oh yeah, of course. So the GP two team was originally taken over by um Alejandro Gag, who's now the Formula E. Oh, actually, he was the Formula E CEO. He's now the Formula E something else because he's changed role. But yeah, now it's this Salvatore Gandolfo who is now the uh, CEO of Campos. And he's the guy who's supposedly talking about making the step to F1. There's a list of names that I'm never going to remember. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're in a rabbit hole there. I'm going to have to say I agree. I, don't, I didn't know some of them either to begin with, so I'm definitely not going to remember them. <laughs> um, I've just seen here as well that, um, I guess one of you two put it in, but um, apparently he's got ties to the management team for Verline. Uh, is it Pelu or is it Pelau? I can never remember. Oh, Pelu. Pelu, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've both been F2 drivers and Super Formula and all that kind of stuff. So I guess he's, he's connected within the industry, isn't he, within the sports. But Oh, yeah, he's not like one of these just random strangers who turns up out of nowhere and decides they're going to start an F1 team, as we've <laughs> seen fail many times over the years. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with this. <laughs> he's at least got some background. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um Apparently, F1 have countered this news anyway by saying that no serious discussions have been had. Um, I'm trying to think who the other one was. Who was the other one we were talking about recently? The other one was... Wasn't it? Wow, it made that big an impression on us. We've all forgotten. Oh, my goodness. Who was it? It's, it's like a pamphlet or something like that, wasn't it? It was, oh, yes. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking of Formula E. It was Panthera instead of Tachita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, was an it. animal. Yeah, there you go. Um, Panthera. There'll be a Slayer um, team next. <laughs> <laughs> Just going like old school thrash metal for two Yeah, years. yeah. <laughs> Metallica that was it, Pan- F1. Panthera <laughs> Team Asia is what it was. That was it. 
goodness. That was it. Um, but yeah, the fact that F1, I think it was literally the day after this um, Campos news as well, F1 felt the need to release this statement saying like, we've had no serious discussions. So yeah, it's interesting that they felt the need to do that to kind of nip it in the bud a little bit, I guess. I guess. Mm. Like, Why would you come just... out and say like you're making a, a Formula One team if you weren't serious about making a Formula yeah. One team? And why would F one also feel the need to say no? No, we're not. Like no, nobody's nobody's approached us. We're not talked to anyone because it. I don't know if that to me in that mindset maybe puts other people off. If if the news would like encourage people thinking, oh, the, the sport's actually maybe potentially going to grow over the next couple of years. Maybe it is time to get in it. Turning around and saying no, we're not talking to anyone. These have not been serious discussions. Kind of maybe puts those people off that were thinking maybe well, this yeah, is possibly. the time to do it from a I company guess. that wants new teams to join that seems like the yeah. wrong approach um yeah. i don't understand and i also don't understand why you would come out and say i'm setting up a formula one team if you hadn't already spoke to the people who are in charge of formula <laughs> one and had like a you know at least some discussion with them about you know what what you're going to do going forward yes maybe, there is a slot on the grid yeah maybe there's this is a political play maybe they've they're in sort of difficult discussions with yeah, Formula One management or, yeah, or, or the FAA, whoever it is they speak to, and they're trying to sort of strong arm them into, you know, letting them letting them have a team by coming out in the media yeah. and saying, we've yeah. got a team. And then hence the no serious discussions, the, yeah. the explicit word of serious. <laughs> so it's all a bit house of cards, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. In other news, um, from new teams to new tracks, the Miami GP has had another potential circuit layout proposed. Um, this time it is set to go around and about the Dolphin Stadium, the NFL Stadium. And interestingly, the Dolphins are owned by Stephen Ross, who is the same gentleman uh, trying to push for the Miami GP to even become a thing. There is a map available <laughs> online. However, please, it is please, just a please. line drawing. <laughs> Tell me it's the silhouette of a dolphin. That would be oh, that would be great. <laughs> Maybe be if the dolphin's good. been hit by one of the F one cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, if you so the page I've linked you to, if you scroll down, there's an aerial photo of the stadium, and you can kind of see where that line would fit in over that vaguely. Um, yeah, just yeah, kind about of. the fact that there's the like word car park is mentioned kind of puts me off like i don't know if you've ever seen the old las vegas grand prix that was literally yeah, just it was literally in the on a giant it was car in the park. caesar's car park wasn't caesar's it? palace yeah. yeah wow i'm concerned um, guys i'm very concerned having having been in that car park as well i can tell you it's not a very big space <laughs> no i'm surprised they managed to get a race in there. i mean this is what the third or fourth different circuit they've proposed it's the third one i think now this, yeah isn't it? One interesting thing I read is that being in this part of Miami, it comes under the sort of jurisdiction of a different kind of council member or something. Because the when they had the kind of port circuit, these people who ran that part of Miami were just staunchly against the idea. So <laughs> they've kind of given up on that and moved to another bit of the city to hopefully yeah. get some other elected official more on site, I guess. That would make it difficult, wouldn't it? If you can't get the people... <laughs> Who own the place? <laughs> it's, yeah, board, then you're going to struggle just a little bit. It looks an interesting layout, doesn't it? It does. 
it looks more interesting than the others we've had proposed up to now for it. It's the, not ninety percent straight over a bridge. No, no, there's some like interesting segments depending on the the scale. There's a monster yeah. straight up the back, absolute beast. Yeah, and then Is that, that the... curved one, it would probably be fairly flat. Looking at that'd the... be totally flat. That'd be absolutely flat. Yeah, there, yeah. Right. Turn one and two are quite interesting as well. Yeah, one and two. Yeah. Three and four are quite interesting as well because they'd be flat. I would have thought. Istanbul, that guys. It is that, a little Istanbul. A little Istanbul. Yeah, and it's a right-handed into, Istanbul. You know what? That looks a really fun, difficult track. That 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 first sector looks is the bit that caught my eye. Basically, yeah. where I was like, mm, "This could work." There's a really fast chicane as well before the before the turn onto the. Well, it's like a really loose, wide chicane. That'd be really quick through. That that, that looks a really the fun f- track. Is that which which of the chicanes are you looking at? There is it the so one at the end go, of the lap. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Turn seven and eight. Oh yeah, that one. As you count round, and there's yeah. a big sharp left hander onto the long. Onto that isn't yeah. straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. That I'd be on board. I'd, I'd watch. I'd think you'd, that'd be entertaining to watch cars go yeah. around there breaking into. Well, yeah, like the... exactly. I think I think that's the most one that looks most appealing to like give it a go so far. Yeah. In truth, I'm still not sure this race is ever going to happen. They're trying very hard, but at least not for a good few years. Anyway, it's. Well, it's that question again of what race are they going to get rid of in order to make room for it? Because there's just no way yeah. you can fit Well, we're already up to 22 races next season, aren't we? Which is yeah, already I don't know too how many. they're going to fit anymore. The divorce rates in... For, I mean, divorce rates are already high inside of Formula One. So Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, at what point have you just completely <laughs> taken a mechanic's life entirely from yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, they're going to have to... If they add any more races, like they're definitely... I mean, they're already like right on the limit of like what you can expect a team to do. Because they're not... Yeah. You've got to remember, they're not going... They're not showing up on a weekend, on, on a Wednesday. They're showing up like sometimes on the Monday before a race to set up. And they'll be there until the, the day after the race as well. So it's like an eight-day week they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then you've got back-to-back races where that extends. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, you've got oh, travel man. time to get there for that Monday, Tuesday start. Like it's, it is, it is a very full-on intense. Like what? You talking like forty week schedule, maybe, all in all, on the road. It's because we've only Somewhere. we only have like November through to March now. So yeah, you get the summer break, not, don't you? But still, like yeah, I guess. But it's not enough. I guess it, I think no. It's a very intense schedule to be like away from home if you have a family and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. It was quite Absolutely. nice actually after the the new calendar got confirmed. Um, Max Verstappen, I think, it was in an interview on TV somewhere, said like, "Doesn't really bother us as drivers. Like, we barely work three days a week." But all these like poor mechanics and crew and stuff who were there like for an entire week per race, basically, it's just like, well, exactly what we've just said. It's like taking their lives. In fact, I think he said they might as well start filing the divorce papers now because. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's pretty savage. <laughs> it is, but there's, sadly, there's an element of truth to it. But yeah, I thought it was quite nice to see a, a driver kind of voicing those concerns as well. Yeah, I think I think the other difference is as well, like there's, there's sort of a slight difference in lifestyle between the driver and the mechanic in the sense that the driver, generally speaking, most of them are, are quite like focused on themselves. A lot of them are either single or not in like, they're not married kind of thing. They, they're just sort of girlfriends, partners, whatever. And it, it, when you start to notice that drivers are have, starting to have kids and stuff like that, that's when you people like your Rosbergs, 
go, right, I've won a championship, I'm off, mate. I'm going to go and spend time with my family. Yeah. Like, the, the rumours of Vettel wanting to do one is because he's had a kid and stuff and like yeah it's feasible that he might want to go spend time with his family for once like so it makes it makes more sense that it's harder for the for the mechanics anyway because they a lot of them are sort of more likely to have a family back home that they are having to leave behind for a long time so yeah, and they're not getting paid anything like what the formula one drivers are getting paid true no. there is that the as well bosses, yeah same yeah. with the bosses the bosses show up like three days like do the briefings do all the logistical operational stuff but it's you know it's the, it's the mechanics and the the actual the you know the proper team members. Well, yeah, I mean proper team members. I mean the working team members. They're the ones who who really suffer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it took a dark turn. <laughs> we'll, we'll move away and go back to track news because there is more track news. Um, Sochi may finally be leaving the calendar. Yay! <laughs> Silent rejoice. <laughs> oh no! Said nobody. <laughs> in its place, however, there could be a new circuit taking its place for the Russian Grand Prix, which is in the region of St. Petersburg. So it's it's in a different area, which I guess also makes it slightly more accessible in terms of people from the rest of Europe wanting to head into the Hopefully, race. yeah. So Was, was it you guys I was talking about this to? About no. moving the, the Grand Prix? Okay. Someone else. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, we we have all said between us that we're not. Well, I think the whole F1 community pretty much has said they're not fans of the Sochi circuit, generally speaking. Well, it um, it, it seems like since the Olympics were there and they sort of built it to be a racetrack as well. Basically, the only thing that happens there once a year is the Grand Prix and nothing else. So mm. to kind of make the place a bit more viable, they basically want to build some giant entertainment complex there, which is just going to like chop a massive chunk of the circuit off, which honestly is probably the best thing that could happen to that circuit. Hopefully it's the last sector <laughs> that we all hate so much. Just consign that last sector to history. Just build a Nando's on top of it or something. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I boot up F1 2020 or 2019... It's definitely not the track I go to. As my Scroll life. straight past <laughs> yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. The the one real plus for this uh, new circuit, this Agora Drive circuit, though, is that it's also within driving distance of Finland, which is there's, there's like a massive contingent of F1 fans in Finland for obvious reasons. They have, I think it's still true that Finland per capita are the most successful country in Formula One. It's yeah, mad how many me. the amount of world champions they produce for such a tiny population is mad. Um, it's because they're all tr- when they're tr- when they're learning to drive, they have yeah. to learn how to control a drift. Did you how know to this? rally, basically? Yeah, yeah. They, they literally they have to learn it because it wet, rains and it snows there so often. That part of your driving lessons and test is to learn how to control an out of control car, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's amazing. Yeah. What's interesting as well, uh, I don't know if if you'd seen this while picking up this news, but. This circuit is going to be on the DTM calendar from next season, so there's there is other other fairly well regarded series heading there. So it would yeah. be to see how they do and what they think of it next season uh, mm. to maybe make make some judgment on it. I guess. Yeah, it's currently still being built, I believe, but uh, DTM yeah. are due to be there in May next year. I think it is. Yeah, some sometime around then. And this map you've put on the document is this is this it the map? This is it, yes. Yeah, that's that's the map. Um, it is Tilka designed though. Just just putting that out there. <laughs> mm, it doesn't to... actually look that Tilka, to be honest. Um, 
It is one of his. If well. anything, it's another track that has shades of Istanbul about it. Maybe he's learning his lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it's anti-clockwise. It is, yes. That big left-hander, big sweep left-hander is turn one. Do you know what? It actually has got some Istanbul elements to it. I'd be interested to see what the elevation's like. It's hard to tell from a drawing, but this, the shame would be is if it's pretty flat, which it probably will be. It looks but... fairly flat from the... I found like an aerial photo. It looks pretty flat. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell that from an aerial photo, though. It is, yes. But it's... <laughs> You're looking like straight down on it. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's it's at an angle and it still looks very Okay, flat. sorry, sorry, sorry. Excuse um, me, how rude of me. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a Silverstone feel to it as well, I think, in parts. Like turn, nice four, is, to it, isn't turn it? four is like a backwards um, Luffield. You've yeah. kind of got a vague hint at a Maggots and Beckett's through there. I yeah, quite like it. Yeah. I think it's a good-looking circuit. Welcome to Bot G Describe Circuits. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. What, what we can all agree on is it looks better than Sochi. <laughs> yes, I'd agree with that straight away. Yeah, the final sector looks very quick down to that hairpin. Yeah. I can't see where there'd be much overtaking on there, though, myself. Hmm. Yeah, one. that's a good point. Turn one, maybe that that one at the end of... Down in the bottom, I don't know how to call it. It's like the, the final three turns heading into the that hairpin type. Oh, you mean the, yeah. the yeah, that end thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, this is this is this is not good content. Let's remove. We'll on. definitely <laughs> post pictures of these circuits when this episode goes live. Yeah, we're gonna have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are gonna have to. For reference, check your tweets and Facebooks now. <laughs> yeah, and while you're there, you can subscribe and uh, follow <laughs> nice. us as well. Always oh, pulling it out early. <laughs> seamless, absolutely seamless. Seamless. And now we've ruined it by pointing out. <laughs> and if you can't see pictures of them on our Twitter, um, send me a message to point out that I failed because it's my job to do it. Yeah. Go around Chris's house. If you message me, no, I'll give you his not. address. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get carried away. <laughs> Should we move on? I'll move us on, yeah. So Je- <laughs> Japanese Grand Prix, gentlemen. Uh, we have a few storylines to cover going into the weekend just to see what we're expecting. Uh, so number one, will Mercedes have any answer to Ferrari's recent form at a track that should suit Mercedes on paper? Hmm. Good question. It is. Don't all answer it once. <laughs> well, it's so difficult to tell at the moment. I think the Ferrari. I think the Ferrari is going to be quicker. I think the yeah, Ferrari is the faster car now. Uh, in, in there's all a lot of full throttle, isn't there, around this circuit? Even though it, it is. It is a technical one. There's a lot of full throttle, and you've got. Um, I don't think, you've got... but I don't think it's just engine. I think the the car overall is better mechanically, aerodynamically, and engine. True. I think those three components together are all working much better together than they are on the Mercedes at the moment. Um, yeah, you know, you, we've been at three three completely different types of track, four completely different types of track and um ferrari have been faster than mercedes at all of them mercedes should not have won in russia let's no, let's that's, not that's make any bones about that like yeah yeah, yeah. mercedes that that race was gone the, the only thing that oh, got them back was that was that virtual safety car um yeah. that was nailed on for vettel for a vettel win until he uh until he had his car failure whatever that was did, did we did we ever get to the bottom of what that was it was a it was the curse unit that went Oh, right, okay. But they've been yeah. like, that's all they've said. They've been quite tight-lipped, haven't they? They've not really yeah. gone into any detail. Yeah. Like, 
other teams sometimes do. Um, so yeah, that's my opinion on that. I'd, I've, I'd, I'm not sure Ferrari, I'm not sure Mercedes are going to be quick enough. I think if they do pull a lap out, it's going to be Hamilton in qualifying and then we'll see. But yeah. yeah. Well, Mercedes have won in Suzuka for the last five years and four of them were Lewis Hamilton. Mm, yeah. So I've I've got a feeling that the Mercedes will possibly have the best of the S's, um, like sector one. But yeah. then after that, Mercedes Ferrari will probably just like demolish them because there's a lot of high speed flat out. Like you've only really got the hairpin and the spoon, and then that's it. You you're like, oh, I suppose there's a chicane at the end, but None of that really plays to Mercedes' strength. There's a lot of flat out there, so yeah. I but think I think even it's... even through I think even through the S's, the Ferrari is going to be quicker. Do you reckon? Potentially, I, I think I think if the if there's anywhere that will be Mercedes, as that would be it. Yeah, because it's it's a lot more off throttle kind of cruise through there is is very precision thing and I I don't know if the Ferrari is mm. quite better in that department. Actually yeah uh, you're probably actually I take that back. You I think you're right. I think the Ferrari will be quicker through the S's but everywhere uh, sorry the, the Mercedes will be quicker through the S's but everywhere else the Ferrari's gonna be quicker. Yeah I think it's literally just that that one component of the track that's it really that might give them sector yeah. one. Middle sector might be close. Mm. But yeah sector three Ferrari are going to be gone. Yeah. How weird is it to be looking at the twisty bits for where Mercedes are going to be fast after all these years of, yeah. oh, this track's got straights, Mercedes are going to be gone. Or it was just, this track's a track, Mercedes have won. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> glad yeah. that it's not that anymore. <laughs> yeah. This track isn't Singapore. They've been the to- they've been TTP. They've been the total package for so, so long. And now yeah. they're absolutely not the total package. They are like some of the package. They are SOP. <laughs> <laughs> acronyms with Stu <laughs> yeah so that that's covered that one I guess um, the, the, the sort of follow up to that will be how will the Ferrari team hold up after the recent quarrels because we've had two races now where the whole team order team instruction things come to the forefront of the race tarnished a little bit do you think yeah. that they'll have nipped nip that in the bud straight away and just been like, this cannot continue? If they'd nipped it in the I mean, bud they... straight away, it wouldn't have happened last race, would it? <laughs> <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Back-to-back weekends, though, isn't it? So it's, yeah. it's, it's harder to... I guess it's harder to get everyone together and knock... The, like, they just need to knock Seb and Charles's head together and say, just stop it. <laughs> just give up. Like, grow up. Both well, I'm you. sure they will turn up to this race the same Ferrari that turned to every race, essentially pretending nothing ever happened yeah. and everything's golden and Ferrari are great and everything's lovely. And then it'll stay that way until Ferrari try and do some team orders and it'll probably all fall apart again. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 it is going to be, if I try and pull something like that again, it's going to be interesting A, to see which driver they um, disadvantage with it and B, without paying any attention. Because if they try and ask Charles to get out of the way of Seb, is he really going to do that after last race? No way. No way on earth he's going to do that. 
Well, no matter what they say in any briefing, if you're a racing driver and that's just happened to you and you've got eyes on a championship in a Ferrari or you know a front-running Formula 1 car, you are asserting your dominance now. There's absolutely no way. No way he's going to... You're not just going to forget that, are you? No. No, not at all. And I'm we've actually, already seen that Seb won't do it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm actually fascinated to see how this is going to unfold this weekend. I really, really yeah. can't wait to see these two coming up against each other again. Because this is this is the story now. End of the season, championships gone. Both championships are gone. It's all down to who in the Ferraris is going to be top dog at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, a prediction for this race, which I'll save until we do actual predictions. Okay. But I think that will answer a lot of those questions Ooh, if it comes true. Okay. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> are you giving Hulkenberg the seat and getting rid of Vettel? Is that what it is? Damn it, you guessed. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, between them at the minute, there's only 11 points. Like, Leclerc is the one ahead, but there's only 11 points between them. And they've got Verstappen sandwiched in the middle as well. So mm. he'll be chomping at the bit to try and beat them both, just to stay ahead of one, if not both of them. Like, he, him, for him and Red Bull, that'd be a conquest of, of massive proportion. At this point, though, their season is basically hinged on Mexico, isn't it? You can't see yeah. Red Bull really being competitive anywhere else. Yeah, but Honda upgrades, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've brought lots of them last weekend to be ready for their home race. Yeah, <laughs> see how they play out at home. Yeah, the Honda um, at Mexico. I don't know how that's going to turn out, eh? Because um, they've not Red Bull haven't run the Honda at Mexico before, right? This is their first season with. Toro Rosso did, didn't they? Toro Rosso did, obviously but not, where were they? Not Red Bull. Yeah, but Red, yeah. Red Bull haven't run the Honda anywhere until this yeah, season. So you can say that about any course. track, I guess. So, like, the, so. in theory, it's well, I suppose the same rules apply. It's a bit of a leveler because it's high altitude. So there's less, yeah. the air is yeah. less thick and less dense. So it sort of puts more reliance on the electronics rather than the internal combustion. I think component. with the fact that Austria's got a couple of similar aspects to it with the fact that that sort of equalizes power a little bit because the because of the air up there that yeah that it, we didn't notice the difference so i've got a feeling that we'd probably still see it from yeah. honda at, um, at mexico yeah. more than likely be interesting to see though mm. but we're getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> this mm. still yeah, japan let's, to go, shall yeah. we do japan first <laughs> that's, <currently laughs> that's japan. my fault that's absolutely my fault <laughs> It's fine. Um, <laughs> the next one for this week is, can McLaren hold off the midfield, which kind of rolls into another of, will Renault finally break through and be able to steal fourth spot of fastest car? Ooh, two in one. Two storylines in two one. Two for one. It's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, f- I mean, go on. McLaren have got a decent chassis. I, again, I can see McLaren being good in sector one. But then again, if they're fighting Renault, they've both got the same grunt down yeah, the back straight, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Got the same this engine. is a thing. I just can't see Renault on a track like this. I can't see Renault really making any inroads, to be honest. No. They've definitely been improving, but this feels like more of a McLaren track than a Renault track I, I think- to me. I think for me, for for the remainder of the season, to be honest, not just necessarily Japan, but I think McLaren have enough of a leg on Renault that they will be able to hold them off for the remainder of the season. Like it's a it's a nearly a forty point gap, I think, or thirty something point gap. So it, it, they've got 
Renault have got a lot to close, basically. As long as McLaren don't have the bad luck that like Sainz had a couple of races in a row and stuff like that, then I think on on performance, McLaren could see out Renault quite easily. But I think Renault have the potential to pull away from the rest of the midfield and kind of maybe join McLaren in that space of we're clearly getting away from the rest at, towards the end of the season, I think. Because they've seemed a lot better... Yeah. Uh, and and had a lot more performance than what we'd seen earlier in the season for the last few races. So it's interesting to see that they are potentially pulling away from Toro Rosso, Racing Point, and so on. It's a thirty. It's a thirty-three point gap between McLaren and Renault right now. After thirty-three, last race. Oh, so it's not yeah. quite as big as I thought. But yeah. That being said, it could well be a very wet weekend, and I think I'd probably back Hulkenberg and Ricardo in the wet more than Sainz and Norris. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'm, Sainz has never really struck me as a wet weather driver. I can't think of a time where I've sort of thought, "Oh, Sainz has looked really good here." Like you have no. drivers that you sort of you instantly think, "Oh, they'll do they'll do well because they'll they'll capitalize on it." and Sainz doesn't at the minute, but then again, he's in he's in different form at the minute. Like this this year, we've I feel like we've seen a different Carlos Sainz to what we yeah. have previously, especially Absolutely. since since his move to McLaren in general. But this season, particularly, I think we've started to see like a different a different side to Sainz that um, there's a better one and a much yeah, it's, it's one. looks like a, a man who's enjoying himself this season. Yeah, funny that, isn't it? Yeah, it, I think that is part and parcel of in it, though, isn't it? Like you do kind of need to be happy in what you're doing. Like you, you don't necessarily need to be in the best car, but you need to be like at least happy in the environment to be able to get yeah, oh, yeah. the best out of what you're giving. If you if you if you give them bad equipment and and you're not enjoying, you know, the environment that you're in, then yeah, that's just like that's all negative in it. But if you're given bad equipment and yeah. at least the environment you're in is uh, is, is 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 good, then obviously you've that's half the battle. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of poor equipment, but good environments. <laughs> well, <laughs> see what I did there. What, uh, what would you classify as the good environment in this? Uh, I don't know. This, jo- George is happy. George is happy. Ish. <laughs> happy enough. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to be nice to Williams in yeah. some degree. Suzuka's <laughs> a good environment to go racing in. We could, we could, uh, we could make that the good environment. <laughs> Yeah, that'll do. Uh, but yeah, serious, on a more serious note, I guess, um, Williams will be looking to close the gap to the midfield with their recent updates. Um, with it being a potential, uh, well, a high potential for rain this race, could there be an opportunity for the boys of Kubica and Russell to steal a point or two? I wondered if you'd say that when I wrote it in. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think um, there could be. I think that, I think Russell might be able to nick himself a point if the weather's bad and there's a there's a few incidents kind of thing because he's you know he's done well um, in these kinds of races. He's had a bit of bad luck this last few, but um, I think if he can get sort of if his luck can turn and he can be yeah. there or thereabouts, that and if there's bad weather, then yeah, the, the Williams. If if the updates work as well, then because they're, they're, apparently they're bringing an entire new front wing. And that sh- they're hoping that that's going to solve a lot of their aero problems because let's face it, a lot of this aero is going through to next season. So if it doesn't, <laughs> they're in a right pickle. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, if this does solve some of their problems, then they should close at least some of that gap to the midfield. And on in a wet race when the playing field is like much more leveled, then yeah, he could absolutely be in the mix. I think, which would be exciting to see. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and look at the last sort of heavily rain affected race. That's where Kubica exactly, yeah. is. Well, I say stole his point. That's where Kubica earned his point. Yeah. <laughs> stole <laughs> such a harsh word. But like that is where that happens. So fingers crossed if they do stay in the mix, like you say, that there may be a point or two on offer for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with that all being said, gentlemen, I need a driver to watch from you both. Ooh, I, I think I know mine. Driver, go for it. Uh, it's got to be Leclerc, hasn't it? You think? He, I think he was robbed last race. And he's going to be on fire, hopefully, this race when he comes out. So, I mean, you've got, to, you've got to be watching him the whole time. He's going to be the most exciting person to watch for me this weekend. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm finding it hard to disagree, to be totally honest. Um, I think it is worth keeping your eye on Lewis, as it probably always is. But, like, if, if anyone's going to upset the Ferraris, it's going to be him in the Merc because... Although we re- we're all expecting the Ferraris to be better, like you said earlier, Stu, if anyone's going to pull a lap out that will disrupt them, a little bit like last week, like he managed to wedge himself between the Ferraris on the grid and nobody really expected that. So if anyone can upset, it will be him. So it would be interesting to keep an eye on him and see see what he's got come practice and, yeah. and see where he puts it on Saturday. That, that's the interesting thing for me is if Lewis can get in between yeah. them again on Saturday. So I'm a I'm a Leclerc fanboy. You're a Lewis fanboy. Who are you a fanboy of, Chris? Uh, I'm gonna say Carlos Sainz. I'm gonna say um, McLaren have basically said his target for the rest of this season is to finish sixth. Um, he's three behind Gasly at the moment, but he's got Albon and Norris kind of chasing him down. But I th- I don't know. I, th- I just think at what is a very difficult racetrack in potentially very difficult conditions. I think he should be clearly best of the rest and handily outdoing the the guys who are driving here for the first time, I would say. Yeah. I think the gap between him and Norris is probably going to be as big as it's going to be all season here, would be my suspicion. Nice. Fair. Which is not to say anything negative about Norris. I just think it's uh, it's a difficult place to go and be quick out of the box, especially if you've got limited running. Yeah. Well, yeah so that's it's, it's not three different track, is it? We've given them three different drivers to watch there, guys. That is bang for book right there. <laughs> it's a rarity these days. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, we will try teams now. Can we give them three different teams <laughs> to watch? Ooh, that's also... I think mine, again, my, my, I think having mentioned the updates at Williams, I'm curious to see what... It's hard to make Williams your team to watch, I suppose. But for for the update reason, that they're going to be my B team to watch, I guess, if you like. <laughs> and then... At the other end of the grid, you've got to go Ferrari again, haven't you? You've got to see how they handle this pressure of having two drivers who are both vying for top stops, top spots. Suddenly, yeah. Mm. I, I think mine's Ferrari. Like, I, I want to see if basically they can hold on to the form that they've they've had for the last few races and sort the, sort the internal stuff out, like you say, and and actually. You know, get it to pay dividends because that race should have been theirs in Russia, and 
they need you know if they, if they're ever going to have a chance to properly dethrone Mercedes, they need to be capitalizing on things and not ending up in scenarios like the way in Russia. So, um, I want to see how they handle it and how they come out. But I expect what Chris said really the whole. What do you mean? What happened in Russia? We don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Be interested to see how it unfolds. Um, I, in the interest of being different, I'm going to say Alpha. Ooh. Um, Ooh. A team in desperate need of a good result. Um, but they've gone well in Japan the last couple of years. Last, I mean, last year they were running very well. Um, well, especially in the hands of one of their two drivers. Uh, until his car packed in. But even Ericsson, who qualified last May to drag himself back up to 12th. Um, so, uh, sort of, maybe more hope than anything, but yeah, keep an eye on them to maybe get the best result they've had in a good number of races. Okay. Yeah. Well, that leads us nicely into predictions, and, and partly because I really want to know what Chris wanted to say about Ferrari <laughs> can, I, can I just say uh, neither of us had anything for to add to that alpha conversation <laughs> just the, you were just so we baffled just, by yeah. the fact I said alpha just like, what <laughs> I was I was stunned into a transition yeah. <laughs> right let's do some real predictions um Stu you can go first oh, this week thanks. uh fastest in Q3 uh, before penalties Last year, it was Lewis Hamilton. This year, it will be either Vettel or Leclerc, in my opinion. And I'm going to go Leclerc. Uh, Tom, who are you going for? I think, unfortunately, I am being boring and doing the same thing. I, that's who I've had earmarked. You're going to Leclerc week. as well? Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> hmm... See, I'm gonna. She's gonna go Raikkonen. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. This is the alpha combat. Um, I'm banking A on rain and B on just a trademark lapper of nowhere, and I'm saying Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Tom, who is your winner? I kind of want Leclerc to see this. Oh, I've going back to heart voting here. Leclerc, I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's the end of the oh, season. The, the predictions title's too far gone. I'm just gonna hope for what I want. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a Vettel win. And Stu, um, in the interest of being different, <laughs> I'm gonna go Hamilton for the win. Oh, weird spread of results. Because I'm a fanboy, and because. Um, <laughs> I think Ferrari will find a way of cocking it up again. <laughs> um, well, now you've all made predictions. Um, I have a f- just have a weird feeling that Leclerc is going to bin it in qualifying, which is why I've not got him for uh, pole or win. I think he's going to bin it in Q1 or Q2 or something. Really? And end up having to fight his way back through. Oh. don't know why I just have a feeling he's due a... Bit of over exuberance in qualifying. Um, uh, Baku, as you would. He's going to look yeah. look really good all weekend and then find a wall in quality and be like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. On the slowest corner on the track. <laughs> yeah. Um, first DNF, we are. It's me first, isn't it, this yeah. time? Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel almost feel bad saying this. Oh, no, 
what's he going to do this time? It's all been going a bit too well for Albon. <laughs> so I'm going to stick him so down. You are so cruel with your... Every week, you're so mean. The world is cruel. The universe is cruel and these things happen. <laughs> I'm, I don't think it'll be his fault, but I think he might come off worse from something. Oh, man. Uh, Stu, who so are you going harsh. for? I almost can't like see past that now you've said it. Um... I'm gonna go. Uh, Russell's had a bit of bad luck, hasn't he? But in recent races, but I think that has been just pure bad luck. Well, actually, the Williams have been sort of getting in the mix, except for well, they haven't actually because his car failed, didn't it? It was a front brake. Yeah, issue, it, was, it wasn't like an issue, incident with anyone like else. Yeah, yeah. So I'm talking nonsense there. Um, <laughs> I am gonna. Go Grosjean. If in doubt. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, essentially, go it's, it's so harsh. I do it every week. I feel like I've predicted Grosjean for first DNF more than any other week this this week. Well, like, in fact, at the <laughs> end of the season, we'll have to go back through all of these. <laughs> see who's had the most. Yeah, see who's yeah, had the most actually. predictions. I could, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Easy. Um, for mine, I, I'm going to use the flowchart methodology and go for like the home oh. race thing. It's going to be a Honda-powered car, and at random, with no bias whatsoever, I think the first Honda-powered car to have an issue is going to be Kvyat. And it won't necessarily be the Honda engine that's the problem. It might you be a driver-related issue. You two are so <laughs> sick in the head. Why? Look at you both. Honda home race. Floor chart. Albon's not had any trouble, so he's going to get. So he's going to have a DNF. Kvyat, Honda, home race, another DNF. You two, you're mean. You've got some. We've prove, you're wrong we're in proven the, the floor chart works, Stu. And Grosjean, <laughs> la- Grosjean last week was perfect example again of the floor chart working. <laughs> uh, Stu, number of finishes, please. Uh, number of finishes. I am going to go Old Faithful 660. Sixteen. I'm going to go. You're in sixteen, Tom. Judging by the amount of rain we're expecting, which will probably never turn up and just cause issues for this prediction, I'm going to say fifty. Yep. Oh, you've gone for the two numbers I was thinking of, which is annoying. Well, now you can go sixteen as well, and then get it right. Mm. Oh, it's going to be less than that. (laughs) Six. I'm going to have sixteen. And then we need a random driver, of which we only have four left. Drum roll, please. What four do we have left? Hamilton, Leclerc, Ricardo, and Raikkonen. Ooh. Oh, oh Raikkonen. <laughs> Hamilton, Leclerc. Oh, no. Is it Hamilton? It's Leclerc. So oh. I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is. I'm just, I always will. I always will. First. We all are, actually. You're going first. Well, I've got him I've done, I'm, uh, as the winner. Only Tom has him as the winner, doesn't he? Yeah. So you're going first. But I've said he's going to fight his way back from yeah. Yeah. way down on the grid. I'm going to go for a third. It's a good fight back. Stu? Um, I think it will be. I'm going to go third as well, but for different reasons to you, Chris. I think Ferrari are going to mess up some strategy trying to go for a one-two <laughs> and end up with a like a two-three. So, <laughs> so basically, <laughs> what Stu's done there is re-predict Russia. <laughs> yeah. Have I made the same predictions? 
Leclerc. No, you've repredicted what happened in Russia. Leclerc on pole, <laughs> Hamilton to win it. Grosjean first DNF. 16, I think, is right on DNF, so it was maybe 15. <laughs> and random driver, Leclerc will finish third because Ferrari will stuff up strategy and let Mercedes through. That is, you've just repredicted yeah. Russia. I mean, I history repeats known. itself. Wow. I knew it sounded familiar. <laughs> it's yeah. funny because I had a concussion for that high, entire time, so <laughs> that's my excuse. Is that I don't remember any it. of it. <laughs> um but yes that's us Uh, but as always you can take part as well just go to backthegrid.com where you can sign up for free if you've not already uh as always there's a prize for anyone who can get five out of five so get involved and we'll read the results out next week cool should we do some inbox box 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 yes 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 um it's in 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 in. who is me first is it yeah yeah um kevin cosgrave says with things getting tighter and tighter at the top and also in the midfield, it seems to me like the teams have mostly got on top of this hybrid era and things will probably only get closer next season. Because of this, do you guys think the 2021 rule changes will be this that the same thing will happen with one team dominating or other rules not that far off where we already are to make much of a difference? Ooh, who wants to go first on that one? Well, that'd be easier to answer if they decided on the 2021 yeah. rules. Yeah. But, I mean, history does say that when there's a major shake-up of the rules, one or two teams tend to find something that puts them out ahead of the rest. Yeah. Look at Mercedes in this era, Braun in the previous era. Um, I mean, they've specifically said they've got people combing through the rules, looking for these sort of silver bullets so they can write them out of the rules. But... As we said at the time, if the people looking for these things were that good at it, they'd be working for F1 teams. Yeah, not for fun. Um, yeah. Not sat in sounds, an F1 office combing through the rule book. Sounds harsh. So, but, yeah. yeah, it's true though. And, and yeah, his, history says that at least one team will find something that will put them out a bit ahead of the rest. Mm. Um, yeah, the, I, I, the the answer to your final part of the question there, um, the rules are a long way off where we already are now. To so they will make a big difference to to in terms of car design, they're totally different. It's all underfloor downforce, so all ground effect downforce that's being made rather than over the. Currently, we have a lot of that they're trying to do as much ground effect as they can, but it is still mostly like over body, over the floor kind of situations um so yeah they're way different um yes they will be closer together next season because in that regard the rules are staying exactly the same from from 2019 to 2020 so i think it will be a close season i be i think it'll be a really close season next year but in terms of the season after that i think it'll be a bit of a shake-up I don't think I've got anything to add that's of value other than what you've already said, so I'll read the next one. Uh, Brooke Archer has said, any predictions on how the midfield championship battle will end? McLaren seem pretty solidly in fourth, but who will finish fifth through ninth? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love how that just condemns um. Williams. We all know it's going to happen, but he's like just an out-and-out condemn. Fifth to ninth. So looking at it currently... So yeah, Renault, I think Renault are probably too far back from McLaren now. Yeah. I honestly think it's not going to finish that much different to what it is currently. I think Racing Point will get Toro Rosso because they've looked decent lately. Agreed. Um, but other than that, I can't see a change. Um, maybe Hass will get Alpha, but yeah, I'm still not 100% sure about that. 
Renault Looking can at the Renault, smattering of points that I've got. Can Renault close the gap? Do you think? Close the gap? Yes. Overtake? No. I'd say it's what thirty-three point difference now. They'll get themselves in DRS range, but not be able to make any use of it <laughs> <into> turn one. <laughs> I mean, you know, thirty-three points is not a lot. It only takes a couple of ropey races for McLaren and Renault could make some inroads into that. Yeah. But then, when you're fighting over kind of. 6th, 7th, 8th place, even if you're finishing as well as you can in those positions, you're not gaining that many points at a time, are you? Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. I think McLaren have probably got a mm-hmm. bit too much, you're right, a bit too much of a lead for yeah. Renault to quite claw it back, haven't they? But um, you never know, it's yeah. Formula 1, you never know, it's worth watching to the end of the season just to see that unfold. Oh yeah, but I think most likely, as Tom says, is racing point overtaking Toro Rosso, and that probably been about it yeah mm. and the racing point probably, have like since they brought their big update they have been looking a bit more spice haven't they yeah and uh, next uh jack says who do you think will get alpha's 2020 race seat geo or hulk geo seems to have improved significantly from a poor first half of the year i'd honestly think they'll just stick with what they know and keep yeah, geo I think so like i don't think he's think done so well. anywhere near bad enough a job to warrant getting kicked out of the seat like no. Yes, I know he's he's struggled to compete with Kimi to a degree until recently, but I think that's partly just him finding his feet and getting comfortable. And now we may be starting to see that. But I'd definitely give him another year and see how he fares in a full season with like some confidence and stuff. Well, the other thing is Ferrari have, have got basically a, a massive influence over that team as well. And Giovinazzi is a Ferrari Academy driver, isn't he? So yeah, there's, there's also that side of it that... That's that he's got going for him. Um, yeah, I can't see I can't see Giovinazzi going anywhere. Where was Hulk? Where could Hulk end up? Williams is my is still my thing, but basically yeah. he's got Williams or Alpha now. And Kubitz has announced that he's leaving, so he's probably going to end up at Williams, isn't he? Realistically, I think he's going to end up not in F one still. It, yeah, yeah. Well, if if he stays in F one, it'll be Williams. If he doesn't, then he's obviously. Any, any, any can go and can do what he wants. Yeah, his life, <laughs> it's it's his life. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like Giovinazzi is in that quote unquote Ferrari seat at Alpha, and I just can't see them giving that seat up to bring in someone like Hulkenberg. No. Um. Okay. Just on this, actually, if if say the unimaginable happens or not so unimaginable uh, earlier part of this season and Vettel does retire at the end of this season do ferrari promote giovinazzi to the F, to the ferrari team or do they take um raikkonen back for a bit if raikkonen will have them i think they would throw money at renault to try and get daniel ricardo to fall out and if that doesn't work, then yeah, they'd bring Kimi back. What do, do you think? Do you think Ferrari Tom? want Ricardo that much, though? Like, I'm not. I'm not saying Ricardo wouldn't deserve the drive here. Just to clarify, I'm saying yeah. would Ferrari be willing to spend that much money on Daniel Ricardo specifically? Yeah, I'm not saying they'd spend silly money, but I think they'd obviously go sniffing around. Renault would say it's going to cost you. They'd mm. probably make an offer, and Renault would say no, thank you. To be fair, they have got. Ocon coming their way so they've got it's not like like they're taking a gamble on him being a talent still aren't they so, true yeah and then if we want to get really wild 
what if <laughs> Hamilton mm-hmm. decides he's not going to race anymore? Um, it's, that's not going to happen. But what if Hamilton was was to say in a in a wild world in another universe, Hamilton turned around tomorrow and said, "This is going to be my last season. I'm finished. I'm done." What six? George enough? Russell, mate. George Russell. Would it? Or yeah. Would it... Toto would quickly back out on his. We're giving him time to get better. Yeah. Thing and say, oh, turns out he got yeah. better. Well, would it? Or would Nor- would Norris get the seat because haven't Mercedes taken over Norris's? Allegedly. Supposedly. Allegedly, yeah. I don't know the exact ins and outs of that, but that's the word on the street, as the mm. kids say. I still think I'd go Russell. Okay, so final question of of this segment <laughs> is, <laughs> who is better, George Russell or Lando Norris, after a season in F1? Or nearly a full season? At this point I was thinking about this recently, and it's so hard to really know. Like Norris has obviously been very impressive and done some very impressive things, mm. but then Russell is in a been in a car that can't do those things and like, comprehensively beat his teammate as well. For all we know, Russell is getting every drop and then some out of that car, but it's the slowest car, so we still find it really hard to yeah. tell. I can hear. I don't know is the answer to that question. Okay, that's good. We'll have to save that one to the end of the year. You have to think more about it. We can do that yeah. in the season review. Oh yeah, rookie good of the year and all that season review content. Good job, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an opinion on this, Tom? Uh, again, we've kind of just said everything that I was thinking anyway, so I'll just be repeating it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is it my turn to do a question? Yeah, I believe it is. Um, I wondered why you were letting me ask all these random questions. Because <laughs> we're waiting for you to ask a real one. Ask, ask the actual question. Okay, um, Katie O'Brien. So is it Brian or Brienne? Katie O'Brien. Have someone spelled that wrong? Or? No, it's O'Brien. It's no, been, it's Brian. It's been O'Brien for the entire season ever since she's been top of the leaderboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> are, you um, sh- are you sure you're all right? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not. <laughs> you I seem mean, worse this week than you previously. Honestly, you, you look back over a week with this and you're like, oh, I was really bad last week. And then you look back the week after that again and you're like, oh, crap, I was really bad that week. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, Katie O'Brien or Brienne, whatever it is, says... <laughs> Katie O'Brien says, I was reading an article from an F1 racing mag from 2017 during the week, which was saying that in order for Hamilton to be widely accepted as the GOAT, he would need to win with Ferrari. Um, Was that Ferrari magazine you were reading by any chance? (laughs) Given the majority of his soon-to-be six world titles are with the dominant car of the hybrid era, do you think this is true? And... Would he eventually go to Ferrari, or do you see him finishing his career with Mercedes? Personally, I don't think he needs to. Just curious to see what you think. Who wants to answer that one first? There's a few questions in there. Um, I'm not sure how much I buy this whole you need to win in different cars to be considered one of the best of all time thing. Like, People describe Schumacher as the best of all time and he won the majority of his titles at a time when he had next to no competition. Um, yeah. in, uh, so he, he won his in... Was it a Benetton he won in? It was It was Benetton, wasn't it? Yeah. Two at Benetton and, and, and five at Ferrari. Ferrari and Ferrari. won the rest at Ferrari. So it's similar but not quite the same, I guess, as Lewis having... A, a decent time at McLaren and then moving to Mercedes is not 
there's not that much difference in it. There's similarities at least. Well, the the counter arguments, the Schumacher thing is, yes, he had all that dominance at Ferrari when he won his five titles there, but he moved to Ferrari when they were not a title winning team and he yeah. built the team around him to get to that point. Yeah, they were a garbage and... fire. <laughs> when, when <he> there, <laughs> Basically. They were a mess. Um, and you could make a similar argument that Hamilton moved to Mercedes when they weren't a race winning team. I don't think it's on the same level as Schumacher going to Ferrari. Like Mercedes was still a, a decent team and a big manufacturer whatever at that mm. point. But I, I can... I, I do think if the opportunity arose for Hamilton to end his career with a season or two at Ferrari, I think he'd be tempted. I think that that red car tempts anyone. Like, to, Yeah, I don't think there's many drivers to, who wouldn't. Yeah, to have the opportunity to be considered a Ferrari driver in the first place and then to have the opportunity to go stick that thing on the podium, I don't think there's many out there that would turn it down. Mm. Not many at all. It's, I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't agree. I don't think he would. I don't think he'd go to Ferrari. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he would. I'm just saying that it's. Uh, he'd give it a second thought. It, I think it would like turn his head a little bit if they said. I mean, it'd turn anyone's head. If some, top Formula One like, team comes knocking, it's always going to like sort of raise an eyebrow, isn't it? But. Mm. Uh, um. What? So let's just go back through this. So, what does he need to win with? Would he need to win with Ferrari to be accepted as the greatest of all time is the question. No, he doesn't need to win with Ferrari. No. Absolutely not. Um, the, the multiple cars thing again as well. Like how Look back through the multiple world champions. How many of them have won in different cars, really? Schumacher's done it. Hamilton's done it. Um, Vettel hasn't, and he's won a load of world championships. Um, did Senna? Senna mm. won in two different cars, didn't he? Two different teams, sorry. Yeah, loads of McLaren, McLaren, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think anyone... Um, has anyone won world championships with more than two teams? That's a good question. We need to look into that one. Oh, that is a good question. I think you'd have to go a long way back. Well, um, Lauda's done it with more than one. Like you, you, After, say, the 80s, it happened a lot less. It happened a lot more up until the 80s, for sure. But that could just be the era of like teams dominating for like a number of years and having like a, almost a stranglehold on it. It's kind of cut that out a little bit, hasn't it, to a degree when you think about yeah, it? Yeah, true. Mm. So Nelson PK won with Brabham and with uh, Williams. Nicky yeah. Lauda won in a McLaren and in a Fangio, Fangio did three, no, four, I think. Fangio did Alpha, Mercedes, Ferrari, and then he did Maserati, Maserati. as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he did four. But that's those are in the days when, you know... The, the, yeah, it was very it different. Was different. What were Lauders? Lauders were just Ferrari and McLaren, weren't they? That was the two for him. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. When when we mentioned Senna before, were you talking race wins or titles? Because titles, title, t- title, world title. World he didn't win a title at Lotus, I don't think, though. Oh, did he not? No. He won races, but I don't think he won a title. Um, now nah, you're right. He only won at McLaren. He only won a title like, at McLaren. I'm, I'm fairly sure that once you get past the 80s, it is pretty 
difficult to find someone that's won more than one team yeah. in terms so of championships. My my point here is the argument that you need to win world championships in more than one team is not a valid argument for me. I think like yeah, these things span such these these regulations span such different such long periods of time and teams go through these days go through such periods of dominance that it could be argued that whoever's in the top car at the right time is going to win the championship. When you look back over the last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years since 2010, really. Like, Nico, yeah, Nico Rosberg won it in 2016, but in the last 10 years, we've had three world champions. Four of those yeah. have been won by Red Bulls and the other five have been won by Mercedes. So it's a it's a team sport. I, th- I think the, the, the winning... If you can find yourself at another team and in the fastest car, then great. You'll win it if you're the fastest driver. But you don't need to go to another team to prove that you're a great champion. I don't think. I think that's nonsense. And I think, and I think another important thing as well is like, yes, Lewis Hamilton's been in the best car for however many years now. But if he hadn't already been a world champion and already renowned as one of the best drivers in the world, Mercedes would not have signed him in the first place. Yeah. And Ferrari would never have signed Michael Schumacher if he hadn't already yeah. been a double world yeah. champion, already been impressive. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, you have to be in the right place at the right time, but you have to earn that seat in the first yeah. place. And on the same merit, yeah, precisely. Do, do we really believe that Red Bull would have kept uh, Sebastian Vettel if he wasn't winning races and winning championships? Like, absolutely no exactly, way. Yeah. He's earned that. He's earned all of those yeah. absolutely on merit of being a fantastic driver and a great world champion. So this this is why, for example, Bottas's contract comes up in questions, and Lewis's doesn't, because yeah. Lewis is the one that wins more races. Lewis is the one that wins the titles, um, and it's not to discredit Bottas's talent, but it's the reason why his contract is the one that always comes up for discussion and not Lewis's. Same, yeah, totally. same with like um, the fact that Leclerc's currently. In uh, debatable, I guess, but Leclerc's currently in the lead of the two Ferrari drivers. All these questions, question marks around Seb come up because everyone just assumes that like the driver that's doing better is he's the one. He's the one that's the team sticking with, no matter what. The other drivers under question immediately. I guess that's how, just how it works, isn't it? When you think, yeah. And we we should just I should just lastly point out again just reiterate that Katie did say personally she doesn't think that um, he needs to be world champions at multiple teams she's just curious to see what we think so there you go that's what and we think quite heated she definitely got <laughs> yeah. she definitely got to know what was in our heads yeah big time <laughs> on multiple levels it's a good question it's a really that was a really really good question thank you that is a good it question is, yeah. it's a very good question um, Kate Mengham says uh, with the news that 2020 will have 22 races is it time that FOM embraces less weekends and adds extra races i'm guessing that's maybe meaning more like double race weekends but over less yeah. weekends Ooh. i guess um, what you mean like a reverse championship grid race on a saturday afternoon <laughs> well i'm i'm guessing that's the gist yes Jim. um the his question goes on to say it can't be healthy for the mechanics personal relationships being away from home for at least 22 weeks out of 52 yeah. Um, and as we've already kind of touched on, yes, we we definitely agree yeah, with that. Could not agree. Reach more. into the yeah. choir, brother. 
Yeah. More does not equal better. Had had I actually realised the context of this question, I'd have probably brought it up while we were talking about it, <laughs> but I did not. So, um, I guess so is the answer generally to the to the whole thing. Like we've already covered it, haven't we? I don't I don't think we've got anything else to add on top of what we were saying earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know we are we're pretty in on this whole F1 thing. Like we're, we're, we're fairly high up on how big a fan you can be. I was wondering oh, 22 where races. <laughs> 22 is 22 is too many races. Like I, I will happily sit down and watch as me and you said before, Stu, we will sit and watch any two things racing each other and enjoy I'd, it. I'd watch but... a snail race. Honestly, I have watched snail races in the past. I've <laughs> literally been like, off my face excited by it <laughs> but would you want to watch 22 snail races and i think the answer is no, probably well, I definitely no. will be tuning in weekend after weekend for them <laughs> exactly um, yeah for a second there chris when you were saying that i was wondering where you were going or what you were saying when you went in that old um i don't know if you guys know about this but we're pretty in on f1 <laughs> we know we got a we know a thing or two all right about f1 all right <laughs> I, was just, I think he's more conscious than he ever has been right now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, is it my turn? It's my turn. Yeah. Uh, last question from Samuel Burton. Will Honda's engine upgrades for Suzuka not only help Red Bull, but possibly allow for a strong Toro Rosso performance? Maybe even the best of the rest, the torpedo on the podium? Okay, that last bit's a stretch. I'm just wow. putting that out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um, no, is my short answer. Um, uh, yeah, I, don't I think, think all the enough. upgrades in the world aren't going to help the Honda powered cars this weekend, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. I, I guess it depends on what goes on ahead of them. But it, it, if if anything goes their way, it's going to be tussles ahead of them falling into their favor, a little bit like Max sneaking positions because like team orders go wrong or people make mistakes and stuff ahead of yeah. him. I think he'll be there or thereabouts. I think he'll be close enough to capitalize on it. But I think to get anything higher than like fifth, he's going to be relying on the top four making some sort of mistake or having a bad race or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really... Yeah. I mean, they're not going to do much. He's <laughs> He's not awful in the rain either. If we get some rain, yeah. that's definitely going to help their case. But mm. we, we don't have much confidence. Look, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see the the Red Bulls and the and the Toro Rosso's doing well at, at their sort of second home race, if you like, at Honda's home race. Um, yeah. And you, you you know what? Like they might. I think they might put on a bit of a show. Like I think Red Bull Verstappen's capable of it. Verstappen could mix it if they get the setup right and if the conditions are just right for their car. Then absolutely they could be in the mix. But there's a, there's just a lot of what ifs, and the, the likelihood is that yeah, if we're being realistic, they're probably going to be the third quickest car in Red Bull and what the eighth, seventh or eighth quickest car in the Toro Rosso. So yeah, yeah. that's my answer to that one. Summed up well. Um, that is it for Inbox this week, which brings us to the end of the episode too. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us um, to submit your opinions after the race or anything like that, then you can do so by finding us on Twitter, which is Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook by just searching for Back of the Grid, and you can find us on Instagram at Back of the Grid. Uh, you can also head to backofthegrid.com 
where there's a contact form and you can register to make your predictions and probably do better than us. Uh, And also, while you are listening, please remember to like, share and subscribe on the episodes on your platform of choice, as it does help massively. Uh, That is it for this week. So enjoy what we hope will be a Japanese Grand Prix and not monsooned out. (laughs) And we will see you to review whatever does happen next week. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. I don't know if you guys know about this, all right, but that song, it's an absolute barnstormer, okay? <laughs> I don't know what that a is. Can we send him to the hospital, please? It's a what barnstormer. I think he needs to go to the hospital, Chris. I'm worried about you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you need to lie down. <laughs>